what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the villain Marty Scurll and you are listening to Behind, no sorry, what was it? Me and my friend Mark, we're gonna stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to Behind the Gorilla. Time for more more wrestling talk. Um, we have an interesting topic today. Uh, it was much, much more difficult than I originally anticipated. And it's for one reason and one reason alone, the fact that WWE has nothing WCW in between the years of 1990 and 1995. It's very frustrating that they have nothing, like zero. Until Nitro, they don't have anything. They have uh, like two, like a year and a half worth of WCW Saturday nights in like 91 and 92, and it's not even like the full years. And they don't have anything else. Any of their other syndicated shows, WCW Worldwide or WCW Pro or any of those. So trying to follow any storylines from the early 90s is really difficult. And uh, it's it's either you can find them on Daily Motion or you can't. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, let's just say I found a lot less than I was hoping for. Yep. But uh, it'll still be worth it because there there's enough there there's enough interesting stuff in here. And and there's one there's one I guess you could call it a skit or a, it's not a backstage segment because it's not backstage, but. You know, like a pre-recorded type of thing. Great. And I'm very excited to talk about that because it's something that we've never seen before in wrestling. Well, I mean, I guess we've seen part. Anyway, I I'm very excited to talk about that. So oh, we'll goodness. get into that. Um, As far as current wrestling stuff go, I barely even watched AEW Dynamite um, because for some reason my YouTube TV recording of it just wouldn't play on my phone. Don't know why, so that was annoying. It played on everything else, and I normally watch... If I miss it live, I normally watch it while I'm working. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't do that, so I had to watch it in bits and pieces on like my computer and, and on the TV. But anyway, but I did get through it, and it was another good episode of AEW, the part two of uh, Fighter Fest, which was definitely less exciting than part one due to uh, the world title match not not being a part of it. But it was still good. There's still some good matches. Orange Cassidy and Jericho was fun. And uh, I don't know. Harris, did you watch it? No, I didn't get to okay. watch it. Yeah, Orange Cassidy and Jericho was fun, as we all kind of expected. However, I was a little... Look, I mean, I, I this is no surprise with me. And, and my, my one glaring issue with AEW is their just lack of care for selling. And... Um, <laughs> it's always been that that's just always been the style that they other than Cody and a handful of other situations that that's just the style that they do. They do, they do the flip flop internet, uh, internet fan style and uh, not, not quite as crazy as, you know, some of the, you know, like the indie stuff, but um, and, and so there's been many times when there's been what are considered the greatest matches of all time. 
in AEW and they're not for me because I just can't get into a match when you kick out of about 487 finishers starting with like minute three. It's yep. just hard to get invested in it. Um, when nothing matters, it, it's just hard to care. And there was a little, it, there wasn't a lot of that in the Jericho Cassidy match, but there was one moment when, so there's interference. Uh, I think Santana and Ortiz like were at ringside and they had, they had half gallons of orange juice that they were drinking throughout the match, which was great. Perfect. Um, but at one point they throw orange juice into the face of Orange Cassidy, which is perfect. And then Jericho hits him in the head with his metal bat Floyd <laughs> and then hits him with a code breaker, which he hasn't used. I don't think at all in AEW yet. And then Cassidy kicked out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I literally paused it right after it happened. I said, okay, if Cassidy wins this match, then this is fine. Cause you're like, all right, you're giving Cassidy the win for whatever reason. Or. Well, there's not really an or any other way. It's not great. But if Jericho just gets really mad and immediately like hits him with the Judas effectors or puts him into walls and have hasn't tap out like immediately. Right. Like it's still part of the finishing. Right. Sequence. You're like, OK, he just was able to flinch with some, you know, it's like that is still OK. But I was like, but th this match continues for any length of time. And then Cassidy loses by something else then this is just stupid. And that's exactly what happened. They wrestled for another like five, seven minutes and mm. then Cassidy lost to a Judas effect and nothing else. And you're like, I understand why they did this. They're like, Oh, we'll make Cassidy look good from, from kicking out of this thing. And it's like, yeah, but you're wrong because you just made Jericho look pathetic. And now you make Cassidy not even look that good. Cause now he just got beat by a lesser move. He was right. safe. I'm he was safe from everything with that. You you accomplish everything. If you're if you're gonna have him lose anyway, that accomplishes everything. It took two things of interference and cheating for him to then lose. I, I just, and then he lost clean later with the Judas effect. And you're just like, I don't I just don't understand that as a booking decision. You didn't make either character look better from that. Yeah. It's just, it's like it's just it's theoretically a cheap short-term thrill that doesn't really exactly pay off and it was just I mean, to get, it was just to get a reaction and you don't even get a reaction because it's not even a crowd well obviously chris jericho just isn't that good at hitting the code breaker anymore and that's why he usually hasn't used it well what it's about just not get, hitting someone with a metal bat in the face oh i don't i don't know how to explain that okay. that's just silly you know what's funny, Harris? I, I, I do love this because because you're you're always the guy who's like, well, wait a minute. Let's try and make this work. Well, it, and, no, I mean, the bat like should kill a man. Right. It doesn't right, make right. any sense. But, but you're I just can't even guy. try to defend that. But at least with the code break, you're like, well, I guess he's just old and can't hit it well anymore. That's why he has the Judas. Effect. <laughs> sure. Sure. But I love I love that you're the one that does that. You're always like, no, no, wait. This is the reasoning behind all this stuff. Like you're able to come up with all these things. And it's funny because I've I've been watching a bunch of j just just randomly because there's nothing else that I found to watch. So I've been watching all these random uh, like YouTube videos from certain uh, people that make a lot. A lot of these videos on like S Star Wars and they do a lot of stuff on like the sequel trilogy. Uh -huh. And one of the things uh, one guy's video, his name is Mauler and he has like a six hour 
like three part video critique of The Last Jedi, which is absolutely fantastic. But one of the things that he constantly comes back to is, is he's just like, if you have to explain what's happening in your story with other pieces of media, then it's not being told right. <laughs> and all I can think of is just Harris. I'm like, well, that's Harris for every issue in wrestling. He's trying to find some way to make it's this try- work. And it just it made me laugh. It's just trying to read between the lines and like <laughs> right. pick up on subtext that isn't there as opposed <laughs> right, to saying right. if you want to know where Maz Katana got this lightsaber from, you got to go read the comic book because <laughs> we don't have time to explain it here because we got we got crossovers to right. produce. Like it's right. not quite as bad as that. Yeah, and I, it's I, just like, hey, this is kind of dumb, although it would be hilarious if that was a storyline where Jericho kept hitting the code breaker on people and they just kick out at one. They're like, huh, that really wasn't that wasn't bad at all. And he's like, no, come on. This is my thing. I'm yeah, losing that, it. That, that would be great. I'm not going to lie. That, I would love to see that happen. But uh, yeah, you're, they, they won't do that. No, they, they just won't. overbooked this match. That's they all won't. that is. But I but another thing that he'll constantly just stop me and he'll show he'll play clips from people that enjoy these movies and stuff and who are def- doing like defending certain things. And he'll just be like, stop writing the movie for them. It's just like that was their job, not yours. <laughs> and that makes me laugh. But anyway, it made me think about you. And that made me laugh. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. The point is, they had a better finish, and they opted to do a lesser finish just to get one, like, cheap pop. And that 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 kind of bugged me. But other than that, it was a really good match, and both those guys are great. And I hope we get to see them work together more, because, I mean, they fit like a hand in a glove. I mean, they're they're perfect. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was a good show. Good. Uh, th- there was a good eight-man ma- tag team match, which, pff, when's the last time you could say that? Uh between uh best friends and um no 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 it was um no the the ftr and the young bucks against the butcher and the blade and the lucha brothers and that was great those guys put on a show that that was a great eight-man match which again it's hard to do but um they were able to pull it off so yeah there, there was some good stuff it's definitely worth watching but um anyway as far as current stuff goes that's all i got um the only other thing i have to say is speaking of overbooked matches i I'm not watching it currently, but tonight, as we record, is WWE's Extreme Rules. Oh, it is. Oh, and okay. it's not just—it's not just Extreme Rules, Mark. It's Extreme Rules, the horror show. They're like really wait, leaning wait. into. Wait, 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 wait! No, no, no! You cannot just gloss over what, what, what in the world does that mean? That's what I'm. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like they're really leaning into the cinematic nature of everything, and they're like, "Oh, okay. it's extreme. Things are getting crazy." And the biggest reason they're calling it the horror show is because if you recall a few weeks ago, maybe it was months ago, I don't know, time has no meaning anymore. Seth Rollins cracked Rey Mysterio eye first into some steel steps. Jacked up oh, his eye. Oh right. After he uh after he after Rey Mysterio got killed. Right, yeah. Right, the next right, night. right. Right. The, yeah, the, exactly. the, the night before he'd been thrown off the top of a a, a twenty story building or forty story building or whatever, and then he was fine, but then he got hit in the face on some steel steps, and then that was a big deal. Right. Correct. Right. So right, right. tonight, as we record, yesterday as you're listening to this, Rey Mysterio is fighting Seth Rollins in an eye-for-an-eye match. Because, you know, Seth Rollins is the Monday Night Messiah. That's his whole right. thing. It's like he's this messianic prophet. An eye-for-an-eye right. eye match. 
Mark, okay. how would you guess? What What do you think the stipulation of this match is? Uh, all right, what? hang on. Let me let me put on my um, moronic WWE hat. Um, hmm. Because to be perfectly honest, I I have not seen a single thing about this show. I know like, that's why I'm having fun with this. Like not even on Twitter. Like I have not seen anything. I didn't even know this was happening. Now that's um, the thing. Nobody cares about extreme rules in a normal year. Right. That's true. The last great extreme rules thing was 2012 when Brock Lesnar fought John Cena. That was the last right. good thing to happen at ex- at an extreme rules event. Um okay. I really hope it's just both of them in eye patches and then th- they each come out in eye patches and they each come out with like pencils or something like that and the goal is to rip the eye patch off and then stab them in the eye with a pencil. You're actually closer than I thought you would get. <laughs> so yeah, the the iPads thing is interesting, and I understand, you know, like maybe like a dog collar thing or like a strap match where they're like right. tied together, some sort of shared thing, right? Like they both have eye patches. Yeah. The think about it in terms of like a last man standing match. It's not the first person to knock your opponent down for the count of ten. Uh-huh. The first person to rip their opponent's eyeball out of their head uh-huh. wins the match. That's the actual wait, stipulation wait, 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 of this wait, wrestling wait, wait, match wait. that's happening tonight. Um, I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing, Harris. So that might be my next topic, frankly, depending on how this goes down. Oh no. Um, I've read, I've <sighs> read some rumors about what might happen and what that might look like. And I'm not sure I want to go into them now because it genuinely just might be an episode. <laughs> but that's so that's wow, why they're okay. calling this the horror show, because sure. these two men are just really going to try to rip their eyes out of their sockets. All right. It's Harris. I'm going to stop you there for one second. Yep. This is this is perfect. To be honest, this is perfect. This is a perfect example of WWE having no idea what they're doing. <laughs> It's like, oh, we can do a match thing where it does. We can do a, a pre-taped uh, cinematic match thing where stuff doesn't have to be real. And it's like, well, sure, but it's one thing to have a match where you already have a supernatural character or two, and then something like, oh, druids show up. You're like, all right. If I'm if I'm being Harris for a moment, Undertaker could have found a couple of guys at the gym, gave them these hoods, and been like, "Here, show up at this time." Sure. Are you suggesting druids don't exist in kayfabe? Because the Undertaker is an actual I'm magic person who can summon them. Any way you slice it, you could look at our way this happened. Um, the Bray Wyatt John Cena thing is a little different. I'll give you that. That's, that's John Cena is still trapped in the puppet dimension, by he the is. way. Nobody ever got him out. No, no. He's still in there uh, <laughs> jamming out um, to the NWO theme. But um, <laughs> even that, you can be like, I don't know. I, I feel like th- there's still a line where you go from someone. I don't know. I, I can't I can't logically explain this. But my point is there's a line and they're past it. That that's ultimately <laughs> what I'm what I'm going like this. This is past the line of 
any sort of suspension of disbelief because there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing further even in like John Cena and Bray Wyatt's thing where he's invite invading his mind or some crap like that you it's it's not like John Cena shows up the next day and he's going to look any different like there's not a tangible thing you can then be like it's di- is Rey Mysterio just going to show up for the rest of his career with no eye? Like, I don't... Well, that's... Okay, hang on. First of all, yeah, that's what's great about this. Is somebody pointed out, like, ray has been wearing an eye patch this whole time. Is the implication that, like, that's his bad eye and he could potentially lose that or one? Is, or, or is this going to be like Southpaw, where he gets double-blinded and shows up with two <laughs> eye patches and just does, like, a Planet Stasiak thing and just runs into walls because he can't see? And that's his uh, new career. Mark, here's the thing. This is dumb as a bag of rocks, and I kind of love it because they're clearly – they don't know what – they're just like, look, right. I, there's no people. We have to have cinematic matches. The eye for an eye match, like in theory, is an interesting idea because no, that's a good – No, it's like, not. No, 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 no. Just hear me out. Like the gimmick, if it's something that isn't this insane, like Seth Rollins being this messianic figure and having these gimmick matches that are like biblical phrases – there's something oh, yeah, in that's that. fine. But Mark, we're like two months away from just having a gun on a pole match. And you yeah. just have to get the gun and shoot your opponent dead. Why not? And then like they're just going to be kayfabe dead. That's what like creative is so clearly spiraling we're, here. Yeah. And next, that, like, next we're month, not even going to recognize this company in six months. Ne- yeah. Next Royal Rumble <laughs> is going to be just literally the movie Battle Royal. In the middle of a wrestling ring. Each person has a thing of weapons and they can go throughout the whole performance center and you just, you know, you just hunt down and kill everyone until one person's left. (laughs) Why not? The thing about extreme stuff in wrestling. Literal battle royal. The thing about extreme stuff in wrestling is like even if this were like CZW and they had some crazy stipulation – the whole point is that, wow, these two guys are going to really do damage to one another. So if it's like a barbed wire bat match, they're going to get beaten up with a bat covered right. in barbed wire. But if any, if ECW in its prime or CZW or some crazy deathmatch promotion was like, these guys are going to fight until one of them loses an eye, you'd immediately be like, well, that's not actually going to happen. So that's kind of <laughs> dumb. Right. But here they're just like, nope, it's, this is totally for realsies. Whatever. Uh, oh, it's – I love the idea of a gun on a pole match, by the way. Now that I've spoken <laughs> that out loud, I just want to continue going down this bizarre like Japanese deathmatch circuit. I, It might be terrible. I'm very curious to see what the reviews are like. But I just wanted to bring that to your attention because I read about that and I, I knew you wouldn't know anything about it. Yeah, I, I didn't. That is uh, <laughs> okay. All right, sure. Why not? Um, I can't wait for you to tell me about it next week. Um, yeah, buddy. All right. Well, anyway, getting out of all that weird stuff, we're going to go into some older weird stuff uh, this week when it comes to um, wrestling stuff. So here comes the topic for today. Now, again, I, I explained at the beginning the big issue. WWE Network does not have nearly enough early 90s WCW content, and it's very difficult to find... Um, every now and then you can get lucky and find like a stretch of several months that someone's put on YouTube or daily motion or something of like Saturday night episodes, but mm-hmm. sometimes you can't. And this was an instance where I could not find a lot of stuff on here, but 
I was able to find enough that I definitely want to talk about some of this stuff. Now, this was a topic that's been on the list for a little while, and I've kind of stayed away from it because I knew it would be a little difficult to find stuff on just because mm-hmm. of the time period. And it was. But anyway, we're going all the way back to early, like mid-90s. We're in mid-90s WCW, like 95. And it was a uh, bizarre place because this is still before Nitro started cause Nitro started later in 95. And they're still kind of trying to find an identity. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we, we, we've gotten some strange angles. Like this was the year of uncensored 95, which we've already talked about as the worst pay-per-view of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in the best way possible, though. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed that one. <laughs> that one a lot. But anyway, so th- this is kind of along those lines with a guy named Dave Sullivan. Now, are you familiar with Dave Sullivan at all, Harris? This I don't is think not, that I am. This is not Kevin Sullivan. I was about Dave to ask Sullivan. if they're related. That's no. the only guess that I had. Well, uh, yes and no. So early on in his WCW career, he was branded as the brother of Kevin Sullivan. Um, he, he is not, but but he was on the show. But but here's the thing, because he had a gimmick. And it was that he's a dyslexic. <laughs> because it's <What>? funny. <laughs> Hang on. That's not even like... So he's not even like Rain Man or anything. He just can't read that well. That's not even like... <laughs> F- funny that you say that. Because one of his things, he would often mispronounce his own name... And he would call himself Evad, because that is Dave backwards. Hilarious. Um, and he would, like, want other people to call him Evad. He would even have it on his entrance robe. Um, now, I- I'm going to get into more of the character in just a second. But one of it, uh, another, a gimmick on top of a gimmick, that, that was already kind of his character. But then he, one of his gimmicks <laughs> became, uh, he was obsessed with Hulk Hogan who was fairly new to the company at the time. And he would try and mimic him. And Harris, he might have... I really wish I knew about this song before we made our top 10 worst wrestling themes of all time. Oh my. Because this is... It's gotta be up there. Like, it is one of the worst wrestling themes you will ever hear in your entire life (laughs) alright so this is the theme so they're going for like an almost disco vibe I I don't think they knew what they were going for Sort of like a YMCA, sort of like <laughs> really upbeat. I don't know, man. But there's some early rap going on, like very early. Like, man. <laughs> okay. Best part of this is the description says. This video is for educational purposes only. <laughs> right. And is now, not meant to infringe on copyrighted material. Now, Harris, I, I want to explain, because this is Hulk Hogan rapping. Because this was from 
his album, which is called Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. Oh, that's it's it's ten thousand times worse now. This I thought this was like, an intention. No, no, this is a real song, and it was right there in the early '90s. He came out with an album. However, the best part about this is this is not the best song from this album. <laughs> so if you want to pause this, and uh, we're 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 gonna go. We're going to go to the um, the actual best song on this album. Now, Harris, I would like you to type in Hulkster in Heaven. Now, ha- are you familiar with this, at least from no. the name? No. Okay. So, yeah, we, we got we to gotta play this thing. This, so, I, I, I'm, I'm here on Hulkster in Heaven. This is the first thing to come up, right? It's him standing in front of the American flag. Somebody's holding the CD cover. Oh, I didn't click that one, but that one will probably work. Oh, um, okay. And I, I'm just going to preface this with this. So this, Harris, is a 100% serious song. Okay. I'm not, like, okay. unironically serious song because it was written about a um, a child that Hulk Hogan met who was dying from yep. cancer. Yep. So with that in mind, let's uh let let's let's give this a listen. Ready? And Ready. play. Already sounds like a terrible video game level. a real person who died yes imagine this being your legacy on this planet that little trumpet kills me yeah this is abysmal (laughs) that's enough of that um yeah that that is one of the most unironically just hilarious songs wow the one the part where he says i used to tear my shirt but now you tore my heart yep wow Somebody in the comments says, this was my cousin's wedding song, which <laughs> I really hope is true. Oh, oh that's boy. fantastic. Oh, man. Wow. See, that when I first no- listened... That has nothing to do with this episode. I just... Oh, I had just, just thought about it. and When I was listening to I Want to Be a Hulkamaniac, I thought where we were going with this was like, this was an intentionally bad song written for this guy who was really right. annoyingly wanting to be like Hulk Hogan. Right. No, no, he just he just meant it. That's that's incredible. Uh, We're off to a great start here. 
And the, the greatest part is the whole wannabe Hulk Hogan thing is not what we're talking about as this topic at all. We just had to take that diversion. I, I just understand. Had to, this I was just, fun. Just, I enjoyed just, that. Just trying to set up the Dave Sullivan character and had to play had to play that. Um, okay, Perfect. so anyway, after that, and th- this led to him feuding with Ket with his with his quote unquote brother Kevin Sullivan, and so that that's kind of what ended the '94 uh, year, uh, leading into '95. So, now we're '95, and he had started to uh, fall in love with uh, the Diamond Doll, which, aka Kimberly, who was with DDP, and um, as his valet. This is when DDP was just a real bad guy, and uh, so DDP was not too happy about this. So he wanted to uh, he wanted to humiliate him. So another thing DDP was doing during this time period was he was uh, talking about how he was like a champion arm wrestler. So he was going around, he had like a trophy and said he's won all this money in Las Vegas doing arm wrestling competitions and that, that was his thing. I don't know why. Uh, so we're in September of 95. It's an episode of WCW Pro and DDP was set to arm wrestle Dave Sullivan. And if Sullivan wins... He gets a date with the Diamond Doll. And uh, then if um, if DDP wins, then he will get his, uh, his Sullivan's piggy bank. I don't know why, but apparently he had a little piggy bank that he'd had since he was a kid. Oh, okay. So that's not a euphemism for no, something. It's literally no. just some of his money. Okay. No, it, no, no, not even that. I think it's more about the piggy, piggy bank than it is the money. Mm-hmm. But, um... Anyway, so that's what's going on. And uh, so, of course, though, before the match happens, as they both come to the ring, DDP also has this giant guy with him whose name is uh, Max Muscle. Oh, subtle. And Max is spelled with two X's, of course. Of course. And DDP says he uh, popped his elbow, benching 505. And so uh, he can't arm wrestle, and Max Muscle is going to take his place. Now, Max Muscle is literally Max Muscle. The dude is enormous. So, just just to be fair. Uh, but but also the stipulation stands. Sullivan wins, and he gets uh, he he will get to take on DDP, and he will get a date with the Diamond Doll. Seems and, unfair. Uh, and and then of course the piggy bank is still on the line. Uh, now. So you might be cons- wondering, you might have some questions, Harris, about uh, piggy bank and stuff like that. That seems a little odd, right? Yeah, yeah, well, it does. Remember, Dave Sullivan has dyslexia, so that equals being mentally slow because right. it's 1995, and everybody who's writing this is a moron. Yep. Yep. So. He really does not have dyslexia. It's right. some other mental whatever, but they're just like, oh, yeah, mental disorder. And someone knew the Which, word dyslexia. And so that's yep. that's what happened. Because like that, that kind of angle has been done in wrestling and done poorly. And we might Many talk times. about that at some point Many in times. the future. But at least like they're at least honest about it. You know what I mean? They're just like, oh, sure. yeah, he's sure. slow. Like that doesn't make it better. But it like. Just say that. Don't say he has dyslexia. I guess nobody in 1995 knew what that was. But remember, it's funny because he wants people to call him Evad. 
I just, I don't think that's how dyslexia works. It's not. It doesn't affect your ability to know your own name or say things. It's, oh, jeez. No, it doesn't. Not at all. It's no. a purely visual no, thing. <sighs> anyway. So, Sullivan agrees. And they go at it. And Sullivan gets distracted by the Diamond Doll and Max Muscle wins in less than a second. So that's fun. Um, so he gives his piggy bank over, and DDP, of course, smashes it in front of him. So, oh no. How sad. So now we're going to skip... Or, uh, I don't... Shoot. Now I don't remember what... it was. That wasn't in September. That, that was uh, March or something, or February. I don't remember. The dates are all over the place with this thing. This is another thing. They filmed so many of this stuff, like, at one time, because so much stuff mm. is pre-recorded. Now, mm-hmm. trying to keep a timeline of some of this was confusing. Um, but anyway, so now we're we're in April. April of 95. We were not in September before. It was some other month. I don't know why I had that written down. Uh, anyway, so later in April, Dave was the victim of several brutal attacks by Ric Flair and Big Van Vader. Not really sure why, but uh, they beat him up several times and put him in the hospital. While he was in there, Diamond Doll made a, uh, she visited him there, unbeknownst to DDP, and gave him a gift. Now, Harris, just throw something out there as to what this gift is. It's gotta be a new piggy bank, surely. See, that would make some sort of sense. It's not a new piggy bank. (laughs) It is a rabbit. Like a a live, a a live rabbit. Sure. That's what she gave him. Um, is this going in an of mice and men direction here with this? Eh, no. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, Nobody in wrestling's read of mice and men, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so anyway, it's a little weird, but all this sympathy that Diamond Doll is giving to Sullivan is not sitting well with DDP, of course. You know, of course. being the jealous moron, you know, jealous jerk that he is. Right, classic heel. Yeah. So, you know, a match is going to be set. Of course, this match is an arm wrestling match with with Dave Sullivan. Because remember, DDP backed out of it last time. Or no, I'm sorry. He was hurt. Right. Um, and this is going to be on pay-per-view, Harris. The Great American Bash, 1995. If Sullivan wins, he gets a date with the Diamond Doll. And if DDP wins, he gets Ralph the Rabbit. That's the name of wow. this rabbit, Ralph. Of course. Sure, sure. So now we have one of the best parts of this whole thing. We get an amazing, amazing interview before this match with Mean Gene and Dave Sullivan holding Ralph. I was really hoping you were going to say an interview with Ralph. (laughs) That would have been pretty funny. This is good, too. All right. So Sullivan is always acting really slow because that's kind of his thing. Uh, But he seems confident that he can win, um, even though... Apparently, uh, Mean Gene lets us know that DDP has been threatening to turn Ralph into rabbit stew. And uh, <sighs> Sullivan is not too happy with that. And he says Ralph doesn't like to hear that and is covering the rabbit's ears. And then Gene sure. just unabashedly is just like, Ralph doesn't understand what we're saying. Give me a break. Just oh, what a great sell. Classic, classic Mean Gene. 
Absolutely. Oh, that was fantastic. Um, oh, that's beautiful. So he asked him about the diamond doll being his incentive, and and uh, mm-hmm. and he says the yeah that it was that it is, and and Ralph said it was okay for him to put him uh put him up because Ralph is confident in the hard work that Sullivan has been putting in, and confident that he can win. So he has the rabbit's permission at least. He's not just like serving him up to be eaten without his permission. So that's good. Uh. Gene mentions also that it's Father's Day. I mean, I guess it is, but I'm not really sure why he mentions it, but he does. Like, oh, it's Father's Day. So, you know, he can win a date with the Diamond Doll. He, he can keep Ralph and he can do it for his dad. And and Dave agrees and he says he'll do it for Daddy Sullivan. And then Gene is like, uh, what's a first name for that? And he just goes, yep, yep, Daddy Sullivan. <laughs> so that made what? me laugh. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I don't know why it's in there, but it was funny. And and look, this is all just ridiculously stupid. Like, the whole thing is stupid. But Dave Sullivan is actually really good at this character. For as insulting and dumb as it is, like, he's good. He's fully committed to it. He's able to get all the points across in the promo. And he's able to have great back and forth with Mean Gene. Like, he's really good at it. So you got to give him credit for that. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's dumb. But that was fun. Any Mean Gene interview with something ridiculous is great. Alright, so now it's time for the arm wrestling match. DDP comes out with Max Muscle, of course, and Kimberly. Dave comes out with a green robe with smiley faces on it, and it says EVAD on the back. And, uh, he has a cage with Ralph in it. So, Dave also has a WCW hat on. And... <laughs> <laughs> I don't he, know why I think that's so funny because but I do. this is why you think it's funny because then he turns it around backwards thinking he's Sylvester Stallone before doing the arm wrestling which that made me laugh that made me laugh okay a lot. so it's just so they can do like the um over the top I I assume bit. so that's just very funny because it reminds me of when what Rob Lowe went viral at the Super Bowl because he was wearing just like a plain black shirt with a hat that said NFL on it and everyone was just like, man, how are <laughs> yes, you a real yes. human? Like, why is that what you have on right now? I do remember that. That's very good. Um. Anyway, so, okay. DDP is doing heel 101, taking his sweet time, stalling and stalling and stalling. And Sullivan is just going nuts. He's just going crazy. He's just psyching the crowd up and just stomping around and getting them to clap. And the crowd's hot for this, man. I'm, I'm well, that's shocked. good. I mean, like any dumb stuff we cover, if the crowd is into it, you have to give it some points because clearly it's working on some level. I guess. Uh, so the, the they, they begin. The arm wrestling match begins, and it's like any other arm wrestling match you've ever seen before. Uh, one little thing I like is DDP trying to cheat with extra leverage and he's doing that by getting max muscle to put his foot underneath his heel so he can push off like higher up and i'm like that is brilliant trying to come up with anything to do in this situation really well done ddp i I enjoyed that that was fun and uh so he's trying to do that trying to cheat but sullivan ends up pulling out the victory slams his hand into the pad um and the crowd pops, and he so How he, long does 
Huh? How long does this take? Just yeah, curious. Like, how long does it go minutes, on? A couple minutes, maybe. Oh, not, not... man, that sounds incredibly boring. Yeah, but eh, they do a pretty decent job. Yeah, it sounds like it to their credit. I'm not knocking it. That's yeah. just interesting. Bold choice. It is. Um, so, you know, he gets to keep Ralph. He gets a date with the Diamond Doll as well. Now, DDP's irate because he's blaming Diamond Doll and Max Muscle because apparently... Uh, the Diamond Doll bumped into Max, who bumped into DDP during during the thing. So, which does appear to have happened. So he's just irate and just screaming travesty and redo and all that stuff. So that's pretty good. But anyway, so now we have to skip ahead a couple of weeks to July first, and this is an episode of WCW Saturday Night. Now we get to see the date between Dave Sullivan and Kimberly. And Harris, this is one of my favorite wrestling skits I've seen in a very, very long time. It is fantastic. And we, we are going to break this down here. All right. So, so buckle up because we got a lot to cover. Oh, boy. So we see a car drive up to a supposed movie theater, I guess. But really, it just looks like they're just along the street near the CNN Center downtown. <laughs> Uh, that excellent. And excellent. the car is just someone, some, some, some intern's car that's just rust covered and just terrible because you know Dave Sullivan is not mentally there, so of course he has to drive you know a terrible car. Um, and so they, you know, he Sullivan gets out and opens the door for Kimberly, and he, he tells Ralph to watch the car, you know, so that makes sense. And sure. uh, we see apparently they're going to see the Lion King. Um, well, we see a sign with the Lion King on it in like, you know, those roadside diners or something that just have those light up signs with the removable letters, Mm-hmm. you know, or like a movie marquee as those removable letters. Well, it's right, like, right, it's right. like That's that, what I was picturing. but, uh, so, and they come out of this building carrying popcorn and are complimenting the movie. They're definitely coming out of just an abandoned building with a sign on it that someone yep. put the Lion King like they didn't even try and make it look like a movie theater in any way at all. There's not a light on like nothing. It's just sign the Lion King abandoned building. Um, Whatever, though. Now they go to a uh, fancy restaurant and I had fancy in quotation marks. And uh, Sullivan has clearly never eaten before because <laughs> Kimberly has to explain what silverware is because, remember, oh, he has man. dyslexia. So she also tells him that her name is Kimberly. So this is the first time she tells uh, him her name. And uh, the food comes and they uh, start eating. And it's it's actually kind of funny. They have kind of a back and forth where she's asking him about, like, these fancy dishes and he's just like looking at her blankly and she's like oh you like hamburgers he's like yeah he's like oh well then you'll like this and uh she says some other thing i don't remember what it was now but it sounded like fish and so he's like oh i don't like fish and she's like no no no, it's not fish and it was some other thing so that was it's very it's very painful to watch but uh the food comes and uh they start to eat but harris now something happens next that I I did not expect. And Harris, I will give you three guesses as to what happens next. 
because you're pretty good at coming up with the stupidest things and it being right a lot of times. <laughs> if you come well, up with I this, I will be shocked. I mean, the only thing I can think of, and I don't think this is what it is, but just based on everything that's happened, is that somebody, and I think we've covered this a few times in the past, different episodes of this ilk, is that somebody at some point comes and serves him rabbit and he freaks out. That's the only thing I can think of based on everything we've covered in this particular situation. I mean, that that's a fair, that that's fair. And you're, you have an element of correctness to, to the statement, but it's so much better than that. Oh, dear. Okay. Off screen, we hear Bunny Graham, Bunny Graham. Oh, my goodness. And here okay. comes a man in a white bunny suit hopping to the table, calling for Dave Sullivan and yelling, Bunny Graham. Now, okay, so important distinction sure, right off the sure, bat. Sure. Bunny Graham, I, I would have thought meant like communication for a bunny or regarding a bunny. Clearly, it's from a bunny. Uh, no, that well, uh, yes, as far as the man in the suit. No, as far as the actual message. Um. Right. Now, Dave is confused, and he says that he doesn't live here. Now, let's just clear that up. Now, he his confusion makes perfect sense in this situation. <laughs> However, he's not confused because a guy in a bunny suit is hopping and shouting bunny Graham. Mm -hmm. He's confused as to how he knows he's here because he doesn't live here. Right. He's like, well, of course, a bunny Graham. But how did you find me? <laughs> right. That's the yeah. only implication I can get from this. Right. Uh, wow. It's a fair – look, it's a fair question though because I don't know how telegrams work, but I always – I kind of figured they would be delivered either to your residence or where you're known to be staying, not that place you are for like an hour right, on a right. Saturday night or whatever. So I mean he's not wrong. I just feel like he's not focusing on the right thing in this situation, but mm -hmm. regardless, the uh, – so the bunny guy uh, is, is he hands him the note and as he's doing so, he just goes like, man, I hate this job. <laughs> so, you know, they wrote themselves into a corner here and are like, OK, we can't just let this go. We have to be like, this is someone being paid to do this because otherwise what's going on? That's a mistake, in my opinion. Just let the bunny be a bunny. Just lean into it. You're already – you've come this far. Just commit to it. Have a bunny realm. That's fine. Oh, well. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's a fair point. That would – you know, I agree with you. That would have been much better. Anyway, uh, well, Kimberly offers to read the note because, you know, Dave can't read. Although this one makes fair, makes a little bit of sense with dyslexia, because that that is partially of what dyslexia is. So, okay, at, at least we've we finally have one piece that actually kind of fits with the fact that they say he's dyslexic. Right. Well, if you just make dyslexia n enough things, like a stopped clock is right twice a day, eventually you'll get it right. <laughs> right. Boy. 
So she offers to read it, and then when she does, she recoils in shock. Uh, he's asking what's wrong, and she's, well, she's kind of hesitant to relay the message. <laughs> so that's the other great part. <laughs> so the guy in the bunny suit, who's still standing there for some reason, grabs it in exasperation and reads it. And it says, roses are red, violets are blue, Diamond Alice says, enjoy the rabbit stew. <laughs> just gonna just gonna let that marinate for a moment you're right marinate rabbit stew that's i get it that's good my favorite part is the guy's just been standing there this whole time well he's nothing if not thorough he's gonna get the message across you know that's his job i suppose even yeah. if he hates it he just delivers like it. like he's pride. gonna go so far as to even so, read it to him just to make sure that he got it man diamond dallas page has gotten a lot done over the course of like one screening of the Lion King. Um, apparently. However, so, okay, so Dave exclaims, Ralph! And runs off. Now, this is another part I liked. The camera kind of pans over as he, like, runs away. And we see that there are extras in this restaurant. Why? They haven't been shown once. <laughs> there was no establishing shots or noise being made or anything. And now they're there. They hired extras to sit in a restaurant. Why even bother? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like if as he's running out, you have one of them do a goofy like, what? Like reaction shot. They but didn't the way even you're do that. All they did it... was just kind of look over and like it wasn't even like that. Yeah, that's really bad. That's... That was that was surprising. Oh, um, so he runs out to his car and he sees that Ralph is fine. Ralph is still in there. Oh, classic, classic diversion. It's a trap. He then gets jumped by Paige and Max and they, uh, they start beating him up and Harris, I couldn't believe this. There are accompanying sound effects for the punches and the kicks. I've never seen this in like a backstage segment of a wrestling show. You literally hear like, as they're punching him. Why? That's a great question. Why don't we just do that in every wrestling match then? Just have a guy who's sitting in the control booth and just pushes the punch sound effect as well, the matches usually, are going on. What's funny is usually in like a typical backstage brawl, the wrestlers will do this themselves. They'll be like, oh, right. Oh, sure. Oh. And like, it's, it's silly. But you don't really think about it because that's no. what you're used to seeing in wrestling. So I can only imagine like a really fake punch sound effect and, being and added. And like that you can still – that even still kind of makes sense because you make noise. You're, you're taught to like make noise and stuff when you throw punches or whatever. So like you can right. work your way around that. But right. this makes no sense and it's just painfully obvious. Uh, so they leave him running and they run off and a cop comes up to check on Dave and that's the end of the segment. Because, you know, he just saw a man get mugged in the street. Right. Which is, yeah. So You're not allowed to do that. The next that's thing more than Rose, is DDP that, more and... Than, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's more than most wrestling beatdowns get is, as a cop. Is somebody being like, hey, are you serious? That's what's going on here. <laughs> right. Normally, they're just left for dead. And we're just like, 
man, that was crazy. And they show up to work the next week and they're like, hey, that wasn't cool. And we just move on. Right. Very like, good. This would be great if then the next day DDP and Ma Max Muscle are just in jail. Yeah, That'd be hilarious. Oh, but That's no, the, like, we're not going to have that. Because oh. that would be too good. Um, <laughs> this is effectively the end of the angle, Harris, because... <laughs> D DDP would go on to beat Dave Sullivan in every match they had for months after this. Just Great. months and months. Um, they ended up, I think their last kind of bigger one was a dark match before Starcade 95. It wasn't even sure. on the show. And, uh, but, but don't worry, because we still have another thing to briefly mention. It's another angle. Now, this was the angle I initially kind of knew about with this and then fa could find hardly anything on it so I was very disappointed but it's worth at least mentioning so right around this time kind of September of 95 we see a match between it's either August or September now I don't remember but um it's uh it's it's a match between Dave Sullivan and Big Bubba Rogers who we've talked about several times on this on this show aka Big Boss Man and uh now, it's explained that Bubba is allergic to rabbits, which is fantastic. So, uh, so Ralph is, of course, banned from ringside. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, they're, they're battling it out in a very poor match. Not a good match at all. And uh, Bubba ends up hitting his finish, the Bubba Spike. And he's about to pin him when Hacksaw Jim Duggan comes running down with Ralph... And literally throws the rabbit onto Bubba. Excellent. Like, chucks the rabbit from Perfect. outside the ring into the ring. This is a real rabbit. <laughs> I was really hoping this is where we were going. And I was just thinking, <laughs> if somebody doesn't use the rabbit as a foreign object, like hit him over the head with it. <laughs> Funnily enough, I didn't consider that it could be a fake rabbit until you said it was a real rabbit. I just assumed, like, well, yeah, of course, it's Ralph the rabbit, obviously. Yeah, so just straight up chucks the rabbit onto Bubba. And I'm sure he just – it just kills him. It just burns him like acid. Like, that's it, how allergies work. Oh, yeah, Bubba just runs away, and apparently a rash is breaking out on his chest, and he's, like, tearing at his shirt, and so he gets counted out and loses. And, Excellent. Uh, some – However, this does not lead to much going on with uh, Dave Sullivan and Bubba. It's it leads to a feud with Hacksaw and and Bubba, and they would battle at a couple of pay per views. Um, however, they would have some matches with him and Big Bubba, and and it would get to the point, or Dave Sullivan would, and it would get to the point where Big Bubba would start coming to the ring wearing like a surgical mask because of the uh, rabbit and his allergies. So it's a topical subject as well, Harris. <laughs> Great. So there was never a bunny on a pole match or anything like no. that? Because I would have very much enjoyed that. No, that would have been great, but there wasn't. Oh. And unfortunately, I can't really get more specific with that element of this because I could mm -hmm. not find anything. I could not yeah, find shame, any. But... I couldn't find any matches. I couldn't even find. I couldn't even watch the rabbit get thrown onto Bubba. I found a, a write up of, of the show. Like I was, I, I tried for an hour to find that. I wanted to see that so bad. If any of you have a, a VHS copy or something of that episode of Saturday night, please let us know at behind underscore gorilla. 
because I want to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan come running to the ring with a live rabbit and throw it into the ring on top of Big Bubba. So bad. Yeah, but, that's that's beautiful. Strong Monty Python vibes too. Yeah, that's, that's what that reminds stuff. me of. Oh, that's a good. That is a good point. The killer rabbit. Yeah, run away. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah. So unfortunately, I know they 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 had some several matches, uh, Big Bubba and and Dave Sullivan, but I couldn't I couldn't really find much more on it because they didn't have I don't think an official feud. Because uh, unfortunately, WWE Network all they have is just WCW pay per views. That's all they have from this time period. Um, so. I love the idea that this is where Vince drew the line. He's like, yeah, we've got this tape library. Let's get it out there, increase value. But like. Not that stuff. That stuff sucks. Don't put it on my network. But it doesn't. It's great. But uh, anyway, so that's that's the story of Dave Sullivan and his rabbit, uh, Ralph, or at least partially. And uh, it was worth it alone for the the bunny gram. That's still my favorite thing because I did not see that coming. And yeah. that, yep. that made me laugh. I was I was very pleased with that turn of events. Again, it's it's that moment when you're kind of questioning the topic. And then, mm-hmm. then you finally get that confirmation. You're like, oh, okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, there, there that's a beautiful moment here. where you're like, this is worth our time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it was not before. And, and then that, that helped push it over the edge. Um, although the interview with me and Gene was great, too. That was fantastic. But anyway. So that's that, folks. Someone had a, uh, I mean, we've had animals as part of wrestling, you know, Tons of examples of that, but this only rabbit one I know of. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's wow. I can't believe I've never heard of this before. I guess because the footage is so hard to find. It is. Yeah, it's just not. And it was literally. I mean, Dave Sullivan was not much more. He was a little bit more than a, than a jobber. Yeah. So it never really did much, and just low profile, low. You know, just not a lot of stuff going on. And again, it was never really a part of the main things. So they didn't have, you know, cable TV yet because this is kind of pre-Nitro. So, yeah, there's just not a lot on it, which is a shame because I wanted to see more of it. I really did. (laughs) I wanted to see Big Bubba coming out in a mask. We have something to look forward to, I guess, if they ever update the network, you know. They should, man. We need more WCW Saturday nights. It's too hard to do topics from this time period. I feel like there's probably a lot of crazy stuff that happened during that time period. WCW, like pre, I guess pre Nitro, yeah, pre like NWO, they were just doing a lot of weird stuff like this. They were, and there's a lot of good stuff too, because you have Sting at his prime, and you know you got Ric Flair, aren't you know all those guys, right? It was, it was it was not a terrible time. I mean, it was a terrible time period as far as money and stuff like that. I mean, they made no money and were not doing well as far as that goes. But as far as the in-ring stuff goes, there's some pretty good stuff mm-hmm. during this time period. Very underrated, I think, as far as, uh, as far as matches go. But anywho, that does it for this episode. Uh, if you guys want to send us a bunny gram, please don't. <laughs> But wear your masks anyway, because bunnies could be out there. Right, and and especially especially if you're allergic to bunnies, please please wear wear your masks um, at all times. It's way more important than anything else going on. Uh, all right, well, that does it for this episode. Thanks a lot for uh, taking the time to listen about that crazy, weird story. 
Follow us on Twitter at Behind underscore Gorilla for more stuff on crazy wrestling and uh, our thoughts on current wrestling and pictures of David Arquette and anything else we decide to post. Also follow us on Instagram at Behind underscore Gorilla. You can follow me on Twitter at Mark the Mark Brand. And I'm at Paris Wilson. So check us out there as well. Or check us out on those accounts as well. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Any any Anything else to close us out, Harris? I'm I'm saying it now. Um, Adam Rose's bunny, his nemesis, the bunny, was Ralph. Grown to adulthood. <laughs> that's canon. Nobody can tell me otherwise. And with that, that does it for this episode of Behind the Gorilla, folks. Thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we won't have an episode out next week due to, uh, we just won't be around, but two weeks. We'll then have a uh, another episode of Behind the Gorilla, so t- stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you guys later.